Welcome to episode 185 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got the return of Dakota Harrington to the show. That we do. What, what is it you say? He's twice our age with completely 300% more musical knowledge than we will ever have. He's 82? You said he's twice our age? He's half our age. There you go. I, that's what I said. <laughs> you said he's twice our age. No, I said half. I'll play this back. You'll you'll hear this back look, and you'll be like... look. I said twice our age. I fucking just told you that's what I said. Yeah. Now All right, then. Now you're just making this really confusing. Well, you know, so, if I'm going <laughs> to fuck up, I'm going to try to mask it in something. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, <laughs> fucking there you go. <laughs> yep, Dakota is coming up here in just a bit. But first, got to let you know, we're sponsored by DEB Concerts. That we are. Yeah. This episode and every episode. DB Concerts is a promoter here based out of Tulsa who throws a lot of shows at the Ideal Ballroom. All these shows are hosted by Eddie Trunk. We've got coming up here in October, <clears throat> October 5th, they were bringing in Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. There you go. And Monty Pittman is opening that show up. Okay. You got some great... Heavy metal guitar work from Monty Pittman, formerly of Prong and Ministry. That's right. He also plays with Madonna now. Don't let that throw you off. Sebastian Bach still has a great voice, still great live, and then One Bad Son is also opening that show. Okay. A week later, Tom Kiefer, the voice of Cinderella. Returns. Yes. Returns to the Ideal Ballroom. He's got a great solo band, but the show is full of Cinderella music you know and love. So get out there, check that out. That has Evil Twin. And Sweat and Bullets opening that show. Okay. Then moving into November, on the 3rd, we've got Kicks. Blow my fuse, yeah. baby. I don't know if that's even... I meant to look this up. I don't know if Kicks has been to Tulsa if they have. It was in probably the early 90s before yeah. I was really exactly. on board with on board, or yeah. you know, paying attention to them like I should have been. They've been to Rocklahoma a couple times, but that's about it. Yeah, since since they reformed, they've been back here a couple times, and I've seen them. They've played up casinos and wherever yeah north oklahoma and stuff i saw them as well but anyway they're making it here to the ideal ballroom sweating bullets and rocket science opening that one up. nice speaking of rocket science this past weekend Jana celebrated a birthday so happy birthday yes definitely happy birthday then in december on the 8th la guns and junkyard fuck yes if you haven't listened to this podcast before right now We'll let you know that we are extremely excited that Junkyard is coming. Yes. We've said this on repeated occasion. Yes. I'm excited. You're giddy. I don't get giddy because that's a pussy ass word and I don't like it. I'm giddy as fuck. Oh, man. Own it. Own it, man. Own it. All right. (laughs) Junkyard's in a fucking rule. That's right. And LA Guns will as well. And like I said, all these shows at the IDL brought to you by DB Concerts, hosted by Eddie Trunk. Get out there. It's a great venue. The shows are always great. Great time. Support these opening bands, the ones that are from Tulsa. You can buy tickets from them as well. That helps them out. So get out there and do that. And we appreciate DB Concerts sponsoring this podcast. All right. Is there any news or anything we want to talk about before we get into? I I don't think so. Get into the show. I think we can just uh, get into it here. All right. You know? Well, Dakota's got. A show coming up this weekend in Kansas City. Okay. The Kansas City Noise Fest 4 is happening. It's got tons of great bands. It's happening Friday and Saturday, 31st and September 1st. And Dakota's actually playing on 
the first on Saturday, okay. the Suicider, which he's going into goes into good detail on his Suicider music here in this podcast. He's got you know guys from Less Than Human, Nocturnal Winter, yeah, you know guesting on this as well. Lots of great stuff, and we've you know he's been on here before. It's been quite a while now, but back when he had the Mister Rogers Intergalactic Sexual Experience yeah. going on, him and Trevor were on here. So go back and check that one out. But this guy does experimental music. He's got a vast knowledge of everything. Not, not just yeah, not just this kind of music, but all kinds of music and then everything outside of music. Yeah. Like if you if someone's like, Hey, what's Dakota Harrington like? How would you describe this guy to someone? Um like music wise at least. Music wise, all over the place. I, I think knowledge wise, he's like an encyclopedia. That's true. A walking encyclopedia. Yeah. And that's what I love about this guy. Yeah. That, like you said, half our age. <laughs> that's what you said, right? No. Yeah. Half it our is. age and sure, sure. A vast knowledge more than people, you know, that have been on this planet for sixty seven years, probably. Yeah. So and I appreciate that about anyone, but especially someone in their twenties, so mad love here for Dakota Harrington. For sure. From both of us here at Thunder Underground. But yeah, this is a, a good one. And we hope you enjoy it, so let's just get into it. Here's Dakota Harrington from Suicider and Space Eyes. Yeah. Holy shit. I always start it beforehand. So God damn it. Stop <laughs> <Let me> t- <laughs> In case someone says something cool before they know they're being recorded, you know? Yeah. I guess this wasn't the case because I just started telling you I have cool shit to tell you, but here we go. <laughs> so. Well, the first thing I want to ask is something I've always wondered. Like you said, this, what you've got coming up is Suicider. And then I know you've got the Space Eyes thing. And I thought that was two separate things. Some of your SoundCloud stuff, you list them together on the same track. So how's that? Like it'll say Space Eyes slash Suicider? Well, then the the name for the page is Space Eyes slash Suicider. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's got gotcha now. Space Eyes and Suicider, and then it's got some of my Plane Walker stuff right. on there. And so like I just was like, well, it's not just a, like, it's not just Space Eyes anymore. Because it used to just be Space Eyes. And then I put the... You know, the picture of me in the hood doing the the hand pentagram thing. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? That That's more fitting because all my shit is dark and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all so, works together. Space Eyes slash Suicider. And that's that's the one. Uh, that's, that's just why I did it. But yeah. Okay. No. But yeah, like with the... I've always... I've always... Uh, Worried that people would think that they're the same thing, but they're not. But yeah, like at this moment, Suicider is my main focus because uh, at Noise Fest that I played at on Cinco de Mayo, like that was probably like the best show that I've like ever played solo. Like the crowd was really interactive and they really were just so like energetic and it was really hitting them. And it was like also just like, 
the perfect crowd because these people are just open minded and they're already at an experimental music festival. I mean, it's called Noise Fest. Yeah. And the majority of people there are like noise musicians and like sometimes I wouldn't stick around. <laughs> like I like noise, but it's like sometimes, man, it's like you can only take so much hissing and white yeah. noise and feedback. Yeah. It's like a I need, full day of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a whole day of it, yeah, like from two to twelve o'clock. Oh the, wow, yeah, it would go that long. Yeah, it was a. But some of them though weren't like that. Like there was this one band called a uh, uh, Plaque Blague, and nice. yeah, and they're uh, this gay couple that play this like industrial, like techno music. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like this insane show. Like the guy is up there singing the songs while his partner is uh, to the side, like pushing faders for the lights and sequencing the track and all that stuff and triggering samples. And he's just up there dancing while these lights are just going off. And it's like one of the best fucking things I've seen because this guy took it a step further than Rob, Rob Halford. This guy is wearing a gimp mask with the fucking gimp, like, chest vest thing <laughs> and assless chaps with, like, that, like, cup crotch thing that they have on the front. Yeah. yeah. And nice. combat boots. And it was, like, fucking amazing. It was, like, one of the best fucking shows I've ever seen. If you guys ever get a chance, if they're ever in uh, your town, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that may listen to Thunder Underground outside of Oklahoma, see Plaque Blade. You won't regret it. <laughs> you won't regret it, I promise you. Just go see it. Check it out. Um, and then uh, there was this other uh, there was this other artist there that really kicked ass. His name his name is uh, Scott and he's in the band uh, which is a Malibu. Well, not the band, it's a solo project, and that guy can kick ass, man. Like, if you like dark ambient, like, like dark ambient, kind of noisy stuff, I don't know if you've listened to my dark ambient music before. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah, then, so, like, the feedbacky stuff that I do in there, that's what he also does, but it's, like, more melodic and still harsh. It's like Throbbing Gristle. Okay. Listen to Throbbing Gristle? No, I've heard the name, but I haven't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should check them out. They're pretty... I mean, they're pretty fucking insane live, too. Like, they, uh... They sent letters, like, to, like, every... Like, group in town. Like, to Nazi skinheads in England. And to, like, the Communist uh, Party in England. And to, like, the hippies. And the conservatives. And, like, all these people were coming to their shows thinking that they were like them. And they would come there, and it's just, like, four people playing synthesizers and playing guitars and playing... Sorry, my friend's calling me in the middle of an interview. <laughs> um, but playing synthesizers, guitars, bass. They're not even playing the instruments. They're just making noise. Yeah. It, but it sounds so nice. And, like, one of the songs, like... I forgot what it's called, but it's on, like, one of their first uh, records... And, like, in there, it's talking about how this guy goes into a couple's house and cuts off uh, the husband's balls and feeds them to him. And then, like, basically, like, mutilates him. And then, like, cuts his wife's baby out of her stomach. 
It's insane. Like, if you listen to that, you'll be like, what the fuck? That does sound insane. <laughs> it's like a cannibal corpse song. <laughs> yeah, it's like cannibal corpse, but but in the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Before, before everything was, you know, structured chaos. So, yeah, <laughs> right. It was just chaos and gruesome, like... Like prehistoric abortion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good band name too. Prehistoric abortion. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. And they'll say, that's going to be my next death metal band, prehistoric abortion. That would work. They'll say, what Sit is that now. based off of? And I'll say, well, you know, me and Trent and Jason, we were just talking about Throbbing Gristle, and I just referenced <laughs> to a dude cutting a baby out of a woman's stomach as a prehistoric abortion. There you go. <laughs> No, no, no. I think I think you could call that a counterproductive cesarean. <laughs> yeah, counterproductive it, it, cesarean. It could be <clears throat> the band could be like uh, the song. All the songs would be about gory death stuff back way back in the prehistoric age. You know, like you know, like troglodyte has a theme. It's like they're death metal, but it's all bigfoot shit. Yeah, you know, prehistoric oh, abortion could be death metal about like prehistoric. Mass murder or something. Yeah, like <laughs> gruesome death, like discovering yes. fire and then shoving it down a dude's throat. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Make it like so ridiculous, but like possible at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like suicide is my main thing at the moment, and uh, I'm getting ready to release my demo, which is called BLDR. Right. And that stands for Born, Live, Die, Rot. And uh, it's got six tracks on it. And it's like just, I don't know. No one really knows how to describe it. I don't even know how to describe it. it it's like its like an industrial metal and sludge metal and noise and dark ambient. And like also like... Do you mean that in a way of like all the songs together? Or do you think, or is each song a little bit different in... All, fall in those categories. All the songs together kind of fall into that, like fall into those, like labels, those genres, and but like there's more emphasis on certain tracks. Like I'm not gonna say which ones because that's the ones that some people just go to and listen. But on different tracks, there's more emphasis on like the industrial metal side and on the noise side and like the more groove heavy and uh, like really, like, smoky doom riffs, all that stuff. Like, it, like there are just some tracks that emphasize that more. But, uh, yeah. Like, so this is the first full release you've done, right? You've just done, like, EPs before, the, well, this six songs, but I mean, you did a four-song EP once, right? Like, you heard to me I did a three-song oh, EP three song, okay. on Christmas, and it's called The War on Christmas. Okay. But it's in parentheses because there is no war on Christmas. (laughs) 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 Fucking Bill O'Reilly, man. (laughs) Talking about, like, taking out fucking, like, fucking oak trees. Not oak trees. Why is it oak trees? Evergreens (laughs) from fucking airports. Who the fuck cares? It's a tree. Yeah. Christmas is still here. People are still (laughs) celebrating Christmas. Jesus. We don't need a fucking uh, tree to let everyone know. It's December, and it's Christmas time. Everyone is already reminding us. The fucking radio stations won't stop playing Christmas songs. (laughs) If I I had, like, a fucking uh, 
Plus, if you're a follower of Jesus, I don't think he gave a shit about evergreen trees. No, he never did. I don't think he saw an evergreen tree. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I don't think he ever saw an evergreen tree. I think, like, <laughs> if he did, like, he wouldn't be like, oh, that's going to be a symbol that I'm going to use in my religion. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what, what the fuck do evergreen trees have to do with Jesus? <laughs> in respect, like, what, what else is uh, there? Like, the mistletoe. What does that have to do with Jesus? What's up with that? Why does it matter? Candy canes? Yeah, what about candy canes? <laughs> Santa Claus. Wait, he's like Saint Nicholas. He's based off a saint, but I mean Santa Claus today. Yeah. <laughs> like the Santa Claus that they don't even tell you that he's based off a saint. They don't tell you that he's a, that it's like related to that. They're just like, oh, he's a big old fat guy who sneaks into people's houses and leaves presents for their children. Doesn't that sound a little wrong? Yes. Yeah. He's like walking. You're some old fat guy dressed in a red suit is just sneaking into your house to leave presents for your kids. <laughs> and you're leaving food for him. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You're empowering him. What, do our, what did our parents know that we don't? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, why are we leaving these, uh, like, snacks out for him? Because the older generations knew that something was going on with Santa Claus. So maybe you, it's like an offering to, like, not kill your kids. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know what? That's going to be another song for uh, prehistoric abortion. Yeah. There we there go. You go. Yep. That'll Keeping work. Santa Claus at bay. It'll be called like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Secrets of Christmas Past. <laughs> Make it sound like nice and everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to think it's about like, you know, a newborn king to see, a rumpa bum bum. <laughs> it's actually uh, not. It's comes good old Saint Nick gonna bash a kid's head in rump a bum bum (laughs) (laughs) except you're like yeah exactly and a blast beat in there you gotta get the like napalm death blast beat yeah yeah. and the song's over in 30 seconds (laughs) cause that was the only line I could come up with (laughs) yeah but um but you asked about the space side stuff. Um, yeah, since I got my stuff stolen, it uh, it's I haven't really been writing any music, like because I don't have the thing that I used to write my songs. But I am actually making a new album with uh, Owen Ellis from Obscure Sandy. He's playing guitar in uh, Suicider, and so are okay. uh, Gabe Henry and Tristan Lamb. Like, they used to be in Nocturnal Winter, but they broke up, and now they're in their new band called Huskotter, okay. and it's, it's like, heavy as shit. Like, it's heavier than Nocturnal Winter. Like, <laughs> Nocturnal Winter was cool at what they did, but this, this stuff is, like, right up their alley. It's fast, and it's melodic, and it's pretty Marduk-ish. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, I really, I really like it a lot. Tristan's playing drums. And he's always been like a bassist or a guitarist or a vocalist since somebody's first time playing drums in a band. Wow. And we were practicing a couple weeks ago and he's picking up fast. Like he's he's really getting it. And then Daniel Shields is playing bass and Raya Ellie's playing synthesizers and power electronics. And yeah, like I can't I'm I'm really excited to be working with a group and making the songs like better live and a lot more uh, just like abrasive 
because that's what I'm always about. I'm always about making the live aspect better than the studio. Because, like, I, I just have a rule of thumb. Make your album as good as possible in the studio, but make your live shows better than that. Yeah. Because when you go to play live, if you put more effort into the studio than you did in than you did in actually playing the songs and getting them down to a T, then you're kind of screwed. Because I kind of noticed that with Mastodon whenever they played uh, the entirety of Crack the Sky live at the Aragon, it didn't sound as good as the album. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't singing as good as they did on the album. I know every, I know that, like, you're not always going to be as good as you were on the album, but it seemed like they had more time to get ready to perform that kind of album because it was, like, a complete 180 from what they did. Like, it was still heavy as fuck, but it was more melodic, it was more atmospheric, there was actually more structure to it. Like, Braun wasn't just doing drum fills to fill in spaces. He actually, They actually took time to write songs that were structured properly and actually had, like, great transitions. Like, if you compare Crack the Sky to their past stuff, it's, it's completely different. Um, and, like, after, like, seeing that, because, like, watching them play Oblivion at Aragon. I wasn't there. I'm like, I mean, like watching on YouTube and listening to it, but watching it, it's like Brent isn't singing the song as well as he could. And neither is Troy. And like the only one who's hitting it is Braun, but he's singing like a little too fast. And he's a little off key. And like, that's how I knew this album was like, completely different for them and they weren't really able to like bring it live uh, uh sorry let me rephrase that uh i'm having a brain fart here <laughs> but um they weren't able to bring it into a live aspect they couldn't like transfer the studio uh, sound to the live sound but now that they're bigger and they have more money they do and yeah. they can, and it sounds fucking great, and they've gotten better at it. But I just don't want to be like those bands. Like, so I always try to put as much effort as I can to the studio, but put just as much, if not more, effort into the live uh, performance. Were these got like, on the recorded stuff, Is are you doing everything, or...? Uh, no, actually. Because I, well, I know you said you had guests on it, like mm-hmm. Tristan, and I think you said Colton. Yeah, from Lesson Human, but like, yeah. are any of the guys that are in your live band besides Tristan playing on the album? No, okay. it's uh, it's all me. It's me playing all the instruments except for when uh, Colton plays bass on Bend Until Broken, and Tristan does vocals with me on the place that which does not exist. And uh, this is the first time I've ever had a band. I've always tried to get a band for Suicider, but everything would always really fall through. Either because something was going on with like my schedule, or uh, something would happen with the people I was trying to work with, and so I finally have a band, and these guys are picking up the song like that, and um, none of them played on the album, but I wanted these people to play on the albums, and it's kind of like the dream band because I've always imagined like these people like playing with me live. 
and it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know how, like, you would, like, hang out with your friend, and you'd be like, okay, if you could be in a band, and you were the so-and-so, who would be the other members? You know, and, like, you would be like, okay, thrash metal band, what would I, who would I want in there? Okay, I'd want fucking Carrie uh, King on living guitar. I'd want, uh, can I bring uh, Jeff Hanneman back? No, no dead people. They'd make it that rule. They'd be that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you pick, like, all these, like, uh, artists that you like. And I know I start. wait, I got finished. Carrie King rhythm guitar. Uh, and fuck that guy's rule. Cliff Burton on bass. Uh, Scott Ian that can push himself a little harder. I want him on lead. And Lars Ulrich when he could play drums. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I would want those guys. Uh, I'd want those guys in my fucking thrash metal band because it'd be heavy as shit. Or the drummer from Havoc. Yeah, that'd be great. But ooh, or what's? Do you know the drummer's name from Vector? No. No. Okay. Well, he's like a badass. I'd want. I'd want him too. <laughs> but um, yeah. Like so, this is like my dream band. Yeah. And all these people are like very talented, and I'm just lucky to have them on board. But uh, I'll talk about the the studio stuff that went down for uh, all these different songs and getting them conceptually, because I'm pretty sure you want to know what they're about since you can't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it all started in October, I think of like 2016, and... Yeah, I had, like, just gone through... Actually, no, it was in November. Yeah, uh, it was early November, and I had just gone through, like, a lot of shit in my personal life, and um, I had uh, I had been wanting to, like, write something for Space Eyes to, like, express all this, like, self-hatred for myself, and... Uh, just, like, anger and sadness. But, like, I couldn't find a way to put it into Space Eyes because the stuff I was feeling and trying to write to, like, it just wasn't clicking with me. Like, like something in my head was just like, this isn't working. Like, this isn't the music that's going to get, that's going to get you to cope and vent and feel better. And so, uh, one day, I, uh, after I had dropped my friend off at work, my other friend came over and she uh, was hanging out with me and I was just venting to her about like all the problems I had, like from my ex and from my like, my personal life, which I'm not going to get into, but I just, uh, I just didn't know how to to like get it out so I just set up Ableton hooked up my audio interface and got my guitar and I wrote Lust Murdered Her Dreams and uh it was it was like it's like such a it's simple lyrics but like the concept of it like is like very complex like at face value it looks like something fucked up but it's more complex than that. Uh, I won't tell you the lyrics because you got to read them. Got to buy the album and read them. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, 
but yeah, like, so I wrote that, and it was nothing but a guitar and a drum machine. There's no bass on that track at all. I just, like, put a bunch of distortion and bass on it, on the guitar, and it was, it just became this, like, pummeling, uh, you should check it out, like, I know you guys aren't, you guys may not be into the Cookie Monster vocals. I am on occasion, you know, like, here and there. Do you like cattle decap? Kind of. My I don't stuff, love it, but I I can listen to them. My vocals are, like, a little weird. Like, because I wanted it to be, uh... I wanted it to be incoherent, but I wanted it to be just... I wanted it to just sound, like, really disgusting. Like, I wanted it to sound painful. Like, I wanted it to sound like something is writhing in pain, and, like, the sight of looking at it, if you went to go and see where the sound was coming from would just like disgust you and bother you like haunt you till the end of your days like you'll be like god <laughs> i wish i never saw that because you'll like be sitting at your desk at work or something you know you'll be at the at aero systems <laughs> building planes and shit and uh, you'll just like think oh my god why did i go to look at that Nice. I should have just like left it at the fucking sound. <laughs> at least the sound I could have pretended it was like a dog or something, but that Ugh. <laughs> Listen to the album, you'll know what you'll know what it looks like. <laughs> Come to my show actually, you'll know what it looks like. <laughs> but uh was that in the works? Do you know when you're the show? Nick? Yeah. Yeah, my, I'm playing uh Kansas City Noise Fest. Oh, okay. On Labor Day weekend. It's like August 31st through September 1st. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. It's it's going to probably be like one of the best shows I play. Like, actually, I don't know. Every show could be my best show in certain aspects. You That's never what know. You hope. Yeah. I'm getting philosophical there. I'm going to step <laughs> away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. But the next song on that is uh, called The Empty Shallow Odes of Devotion. And that song is, like, that's actually, like, really old. I wrote that song, like, two years before I actually wrote the lyrics to The Empty Shallow Odes. Or you can just call it Odes for short. Yeah, we'll go with Odes. So I don't have to say the whole fucking title. But, uh... I write long, long ass titles. I don't care. I want to make people read. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... So, on Odes... That song was actually written two years prior to releasing it, and it was longer than just three minutes. It was actually like eight minutes long, and it sucked. It was the shittiest thing I ever wrote. (laughs) And like, it was a sad excuse for a metal song. And like, it went on longer than it should have, but I shortened it down enough to where it doesn't sound like shit. And I don't know, like I've gotten called like that I was like sounding like obituary on that track. I don't know. I can kinda hear it if we're doing like the uh slowly we rot thing. But I don't know. Like whenever I was writing that I was more of like jamming on a lot of Godflesh and Leviathan. So like industrial black metal. I was also really into uh, Mersbound swans. Like, hella swans. I've already told you guys how much I love swans. Yeah. Like, last yeah. podcast it was, like, all about swans. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And, like, 
the album that I, I was listening to at that time that, like, when you listen to the song, the opening to it is, like, just a bass playing by itself with the drums, and the bass is, like, distorted as fuck. And that's just, like, the way I always wanted the tracks. Because, I have I don't know, I've always thought that metal today, like, with the most of the metal bands that are coming out, and I love a lot of them, but their guitars are so fucking clean. Like, I can't stand it. It's like, where's the crunch? Where's the fucking, uh, where's the meat and potatoes? Why do we have this overdriven shit? Like, God. Like, whenever we were at fucking uh, Sabbath play, these fuzz pedals. Get, like, come on. Can we just make it a little harder? Can we make it have some bite? Can I feel it in my chest? Instead of it just piercing my fucking ears? Like, God. Like, I'm sorry. It's just like, this is something that I've always, like, I've always been... Just passionate about. Like, I just, I want thick, heavy guitars. That's what I like. A Gibson Les Paul running through some orange amps, going through a big muff and a rat pedal and a HM2. That's heaven. That's yeah. like, that sounds great to me. But like, gosh. <laughs> or you could just put a sun amp on an 8x12 bass cab. <laughs> That'd be my thing. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, no, like, I just, I can't stand it, man. Like, have you listened to Periphery? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the first album, I haven't since. <laughs> have you listened to, have you listened to Ghost? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't like, I love Ghost, but they're guitars, man. They're too, like, like, they're distorted, but for me, like, that's not enough distortion for me. Yeah. Some people have told me that I'm a little obsessive with it. Yeah. Like, that's incoherent. It's not incoherent. You're just a little bitch and you can't handle it. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, but yeah, like on that track, like I just wanted it to be this, like I wanted it to be like the bands I was listening to at that time. And like I said, the opening riff is inspired by Swan's album, Filth. And that album is just like, I don't know. It's like, it's a punk album. Yeah. But it's like the antithesis of it at the same time. And it's kind of where industrial metal kind of was starting. And it was just like, the whole album is basically like this crawling, like, pounding, like, composition that just like over and over and over and over again just keeps beating you in the face repeatedly. And like, just taking a big fat shit on you. Because you were just, you're just, so, like, you've been beaten so bad at that point that you are basically, like, you have two black eyes, and your jaw is sprained, and you're so exhausted from the beating. You just can't get up. You can't fight anymore. So it's just like, fuck it, dominate, dominating you. <laughs> That's like, it, it's just, it's like such a great album that, like, the imagery for the, uh... For the album artwork and also just the the lyrics itself are pretty much that. I mean, like just listen to it. It's a pretty great album. I I can't even like put it into words. I'm I'm fucking up as it is already. <laughs> I feel like I am because it's just like that's all I can really put it into as it's just like it's this crawling, pounding, like heavy as fuck album before industrial metal that just like is so intense. And some people listen to it and they get anxiety attacks because, like, it's just one of those types of albums. It's just so, like, like I would say misanthropic. 
but yeah, like that album, like really influenced like most of Suicider's like sound on this first album. But the track after that was like where I kind of take a segue, and I'm not going to say how, but it's it's a lot uh, darker, and it gets a lot more atmospheric, and throughout the album, it it's just like one thing after another. Like you aren't you're going to see feel you're going to hear the same elements, but you're not going to hear the same shit over and over again. It's always going to change. And the track after... That's actually... The, the third track is the one that Tristan is on. It's called The Place of Which Does Not Exist. And uh, I wrote that because... Um, I've, I've kind of noticed that there's this... Uh, kind of mental gymnastics that... Uh, in Christianity... I don't know if you guys are Christians or not. Well, like, the song is basically about how all the things that Christians do, they do it for God because God told them to do it, and they're not going to argue with the creator of the universe because he said so, do it because I said so, because I know better than you. Okay, he knows better than me, that's what God wants, God told me that's what he wants, and uh, if I don't do it, then, you know, I'm damned. Well, if you're going out and you're doing that simply just because, because they always say that they're God-fearing men and women, why would you have to fear the person that cares for you and loves you and watches out for you and uh, is supposed to, I don't know, have your best interest in mind? Well, it just doesn't make uh, sense to me why you would fear him and why he would need you to worship him for doing something that is just innately, like, natural to him. Like, right. creating shit. That's just something I do. You don't have to thank me. If it's something that someone just does, they don't usually want you to thank them for it. Because, well, let me rephrase that. They don't expect you to thank them for it. Like, I don't expect people to thank me for selling them lights. It's just my job. You know? And, like, you make airplanes, right? You expect someone to come up to you and say thanks? Mm -mm. Thanks for making the airplane? Nope. Nope, because it's just something you do. <laughs> yeah. You don't even expect it. You're just like, I'm making an airplane. Yeah. Just a day-to-day -day life. No big deal. <laughs> no thanks needed. And then, like, Trent, what do you do? I work for a printing company. What do you, what is, what, what do, you do with that printing company? Print stuff. Do graphic design and print. I'm sure people thank you stuff. for the graphic designs. Like, I'm sure they do. Like, out of common courtesy. But I'm pretty sure they're like, ah, oh, well, you're What's, just like, no big deal. I'm just printing a shirt. Yeah. I mean, the standard stuff. Yeah. I know what you mean. Look right. up and check out and make them. Well, well basically <laughs> what I was, <laughs> what I was getting at was, is that these people are doing it out of fear and they're basically doing these good acts to buy their way into heaven. And the song, if you listen to it and if you buy it, covers it all. And like it'll basically just like lay it out for you. I don't mind. I know that I'm like fucking up like what I'm saying here. Like, and someone's gonna be like, he sounds uh, he sounds like so condescending and arrogant, saying <laughs> that all Christians are just doing good deeds to buy their way into heaven. And it's like no, because some of you aren't even thinking about getting into heaven most of the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about paying your taxes and like worrying about who you're gonna vote for in the next election. <laughs> yep. No, actually, you're not even worrying about who you're going to vote for the next election. You're worrying about if you're going to even pay off your fucking insurance or if you're going to be late on it. Or even then, you may not even be worrying about that. You may be worrying about if you need to buy toilet paper tonight because you only have one roll left or if you can just put it off till Friday. 
<laughs> you're not worried about getting into heaven half the time. You're just worried about what's going on here right now. Gosh. Like, I actually have a, I actually sometimes think that, like, because, like, I did this when I was a Christian. I would, like, forget that God was real. <laughs> well, most people are just putting on a show for everybody else when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff. Like a cultural Christian. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they say they're a Christian because they associate a Christian with being a good person. Yeah. And they say they believe in Jesus, but they don't really know a lot about him. It's just kind of expected. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, so, like, they're kind of putting on a show when they don't really know anything. Yeah. Because like, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, you can tell the difference between the people who actually read the Bible and the people who just, you know, go to church and hang out. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm not saying that all of them are like that. It's just like, you know, some of them aren't really Christian. Like, right. And, I've, and I I say that straight to their face sometimes. I'm like, you're not really a Christian. And they get mad, man. Like, because like, it's like if someone came up to me and uh, said, you're not really a moderate and I would agree with them because I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm not really a moderate because I lean to the left. But if you tell this person, yeah, you're not really a Christian. You're not really following the rules, you know? No, I am. I'm following the rules. And how come you've been divorced three times? That's adultery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, like, like these people who are my age that are Christians, they'll be like, it's okay. God forgives me. He'll forgive me. God will forgive you for stealing. Even though you apologize for it and then you do it again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna repent. I'm not gonna give in uh, to my boyfriend. And then you give in to your boyfriend because you wanted to have sex with your boyfriend to begin with, because <laughs> yeah. you're just like you're you're hanging out with him all the time and you both are like uh, feeling it and like you're like you're, like you're taking in each other's hormones. Yeah, it's only a matter of time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's either separate for a while and and like. Work it out by yourselves. I can't. I can't say the word, but you know, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> work it out by yourselves, or you can just work it out together. Yeah. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but yeah, like uh, that's what it is. It's basically what uh, what a cultural Christian is, or just people who like misunderstand what the Bible is meaning by like repenting and forgiveness and stuff like that. And that's like. That's like a a distinct uh, uh, difference between like a lot of the Judeo Christian Abrahamic religions. Like in Christianity, there's like redemption through faith, and in Judaism, there's redemption through like works or redemption through like labor. You know, like you earn it back over time, right. and like. Like, you have to actually do it. And then, like, if you uh, have faith in Jesus, like, you're already forgiven. It's like... <laughs> seems a bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seems a lot less burdensome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but in the place which does not exist, that's not really what it's about. It's, like, about people who are actually, like, Christians. But they've, like, done these mental gymnastics to where they think, like, oh, I love God, and I just want God's will to be done, but it's really, like, I'm afraid of God, I don't want to go to hell, I want to get to heaven, and I want all my friends and family to go to heaven. And so it's like, you're doing this for yourself. Like, in the end. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, people, uh, I just want people to admit that. There's nothing wrong with uh, wanting to do things for yourself. I mean, like, we do it all the time. You know? Like, 
we marry somebody because this person makes us feel good. They make us happy. They give us a lot of confidence. They make us, uh, they make us realize our shortcomings and our faults sometimes, depending on how stubborn you are. And they make us a lot. I feel like if you have a, if you're married to someone, it's because that person makes you a better person every day and teaches you something new. But, um, but like we, yeah, we have them there because that's something that we want and we're using them for that. And people don't like the word use because use implies that you're not doing it out of like love or care or anything. But like, I mean, you are, you are doing it out of love and care because you care about this person enough to where you want to keep them around so you can have those things in your life that you couldn't give to yourself. But now you can because you have someone here to be support. And not a crutch, because they've helped you uh, build yourself back up. But um, in the end, like you're marrying that person for yourself because you want them to yourself, and they want you to themselves because you give them something that not anyone else can. And also, like, I mean, whenever you give someone a gift, like, it's because you're wanting something out of that. You, you're wanting them to give you a reaction of being pleased by your gift and accepting of your gift. And if you don't get that reaction, then your feelings are hurt. And you're a little, like, discouraged. Because you're like, man, I didn't get them the right gift. And that makes you kind of, like, a little angry at them. Because they didn't give you the reaction that you want. Now, some people can get over it really fast and just be like, oh, well, I got the wrong gift. That's on me. And some people get mad and just hold it against them. And that's where, like, it's still you. Like, you're still using them. You're still being selfish because they're not giving you what you want. And they're also being, they're not really being selfish because they don't want that. Because it's not something that they wanted. <laughs> I don't know if that, you can't really classify that as being selfish, but... You could uh, say that they're being uh, selfish and accuse them of not wanting that because, like, they're picky and stubborn and they only want it their way and they're being closed-minded and not open to whatever, receiving new things or trying new things or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, like, no, it's, I'm trying to just, like, have people realize that, like, we as human beings, like, we do things for ourselves and that, uh, the thing that you believe is not the thing that everyone else believes. And, uh, I've just, I've just noticed a lot lately that there's a lot of like wacky people coming out of the woodwork, like since Trump got elected and most of them are like Christian fundamentalists and Islamic fundamentalists. And, uh, they kind of have this pushy vibe to them. And I really don't like that. I really don't like it when people try to impose their beliefs on people. And I especially don't like it when people lie and tell people that, you know, oh, your country stands for for this. It stands for, you know, subjugation of people and for, you know, suppressing a speech because you said something about our God that we didn't like. Or, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't really criticize Jesus anymore because he's our Lord and Savior and it's just universally accepted because we're now a Christian nation and shit when we're not, because we don't have an official religion, because the founding fathers didn't want that, because they realized, oh, well, there's a lot of people living in our country that don't believe the same thing. Right. Because you had Protestants, the Catholics, 
you had Baptists, you had uh, Jews, and you had some people who were atheists and agnostics, and you also had deists. So, and you also probably had a couple other re religions in there too. I don't know. But they realized that not everyone believes the same thing because they were smart guys. And if you read their personal notes, like, like Benjamin Franklin was an atheist. <laughs> and uh, Thomas Paine was also an atheist. Thomas Jefferson was, uh, I think he was either... I think he was a deist. I'm not sure. But James uh, James Madison was also uh, a, uh, an atheist. And these guys, like, just knew because they had secular values because they were... Got, they, were they were... You know what the Enlightenment is? Yeah. The Enlightenment was this period in the 18th century where... Uh, these intellectuals, these scholars, and these scientists got together and said, you know, hey, uh, we're going to just, like, let science uh, take over here. We're going to be uh, promoting, you know, freedom of thought, freedom of speech. People should be allowed to think what they want and believe what they want so long as it doesn't hurt anyone. And we should be free to just pursue all these different studies without religion getting in the way because it doesn't want us to explore those because it contradicts what they consider to be reality. So because of that, that's why we have, like, one of the main guys that was Voltaire, and because of the books that Voltaire wrote and many other uh, children of the Enlightenment, they, like the Founding Fathers, that's how we got secular values, and that's how we got, uh, like, this growth of science because these guys showed the world that, like, if you just, like, let human beings be curious, because they were showing, like, proof at the time that if you let human beings be curious, if you let people just study, and if you let people just explore the possibilities of what we can do with nature and, like, with our minds, then we will have so many positive results. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just, like, very frustrating to me. Because these uh, fundamentalists come in here acting like everyone believes in Christianity and everyone should believe in Christianity. But what they don't realize is that some people aren't going to change their mind. And some people don't have their minds made up and they, never, and they may never make up their mind. And some people are just starting to accept that, you know, a guy can't walk on water. Or that no one can turn water into wine and that someone else did that before Jesus. His name is Dionysus and he's in Greek mythology. But the Greeks considered that to be real and they considered Dionysus a god that was a man who ascended to godhood. Sound familiar? <laughs> man ascends to godhood, turns water into wine, but he's in Greece. Man turns water into wine, later on dies and ascends to godhood. Is in Jerusalem. Are we seeing a correlation here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, like, uh, or, like, even that, like, a guy coming back from the dead. No one can come back from the dead. And, like, people will say, well, you know, the Spirit of the Lord brought him back, or he's God, he conquered death. And it's like, well, show me proof that he came back, and then we'll talk. Because there is no proof that he came back. Mm -hmm. Then they'll say, well, they haven't found the body. And I'm always like, you ever heard of grave robbing? <laughs> they came and saw that the stone was pushed. And that there was no body inside. Or that they saw an... It's like different interpretations. Sometimes it's like there was no body inside. 
Uh, sometimes it's they saw a man and it was Jesus, and sometimes they saw Jesus with an angel. Mm-hmm. And like it's different. And like then there's like maybe there were women that saw him. Maybe it was like his brother Jacob. It's like there's different interpretations, and then like that just makes it worse because that's differing eyewitness accounts that were written. 40 to 90 years after the eyewitness accounts. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. 40 to 90 years after. I didn't know that. Like, that upset me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they just wrote it all down immediately. But then I realized that back then, not a lot of people knew how to read and write. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got into an argument with a guy about how, uh, about how Peter uh, and... John, I think it's Peter and John, yeah, how they were illiterate and how it says that in the Bible. And I even saved it on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, re- I'm, I'm going to stop because I feel like, I, I feel like I'm going to piss off some of your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but then, but I want to keep going. <laughs> but I have to stop because I hear, came here to talk about music and shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the song is basically about that. Uh, it's basically about people realizing that you know we do things for ourselves, and that you know not everyone is going to believe what you believe, and that the place that you believe will be there after you die most likely does not exist because if you believe that your afterlife is more possible than a Hindu's or a Buddhist or a Muslim's or a Jain, or any other religion that has an afterlife. If you think your afterlife is more possible than their afterlife, which is just as equally possible as yours, then that just doesn't make sense. you know. And plus, there's no proof for these afterlives existing. There's no evidence to them existing. It's all based completely off of faith, and faith doesn't require evidence. It just means you've got to trust that it's there, and you got to hope that it's there when you get there. Otherwise, you're going to be in for a very... Very sad surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you won't be because you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's basically what the song is uh, about. Um, it's very anti-theistic. Um, then the song after that is "Bend Until Broken," and that's with Colton Adsit from Less Than Human. That is one of my favorite songs. One of my favorite songs to. To just, like, to have made. Because, like, the process to it was, like, so organic. And it went by so fast. And I really am happy with how it turned out. Even though this is not what I wanted to be the final product. It, it's what I it's what I have. And it's what I have to work with. Because the, the mix that got, you know... The mixes got saved. But the individual tracks got lost because they were all on the computer. Yeah, so got my computer, my pedals, my guitar stolen, and my audio interface, and a bunch of my guitar cables. Jeez. $5,000 worth of equipment gone. But uh, when I did have that equipment, it was great making that album, making that uh, song with Colton. Because when he, uh, how we got that idea was originally I wanted Colton to be on a Black Star Experience album. And. He was down for it, but he came back a little later and he was like, hey man, I know you want me to be on this Black Star Experience album, but I was wondering if I could actually just be on, if I could uh, actually play on a Suicider song. And 
I said, uh, uh, yeah, sure, dude. Let's do it. And so we got together, and it was after a Nocturnal Winter show, so all the dudes from Nocturnal Winter were there, and me and Colton just started working on the track, and Colton brought over his neck through Warwick bass. No, it, was it a Warwick? No, it was a Warlock. That's it. Sorry. Okay. It was, it's pretty... It's pretty badass. We call it Satan's base. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so amazing. Like I, like it's probably one of the coolest bases I've ever seen. And I hate warlock bases. Like I think they're ugly. But that base, the neck through, like mm, yeah. And that is uh, the only track on the album with like it's like the lowest tuning because it's okay. in drop B and it's it's just like it's so heavy as hell because. The distortion that's on that bass isn't as much as it usually would be. It's just, it's enough to give it some punch because that neck through is already like hitting you hard because of the resonance in that body and the low end on it. And like, whenever I started, like, he was thinking, like, he would, like, Colton was thinking less God fleshy. Like, less pummeling drums. Like, like less, like, groove on them. And instead, having this more, like, nine-inch nails industrial vibe to it. Which I was, like, really glad that he suggested. Because I was actually running out of ideas for a bit. Because, like, I just hit a wall. And, like, Colton really helped, uh, really helped make that track what it is. Because... Yeah, I wanted to keep that stuff away from people because okay. I only kept like three tracks up, and I have like four tracks that I wrote for Suicider. Well, four more, sorry, four more tracks that I wrote for Suicider, but I kept them all in private because I didn't want anyone to, you know, hear them or see them yet. But whenever my shit got stolen, I was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, yeah. It's like, "Fuck it," might as well put it out there for everyone. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, um, but so. Uh, I want so if you. I want to know what questions you have about Space Eyes because I know you listen to Space Eyes a lot. I know that you've also probably got some questions about Mister Rogers and probably about that show that I did. Which weren't one of you guys there? I thought I saw one of you there. The Black Star one. Yeah, with Lady Port. No, I was out of town. Oh man. But the well, no. The the main question I had on. All of them, I mean, is what are you going to do going forward after, I mean, obviously you're doing the suicide stuff right now. Are you going to bring all these things back? Is it an ongoing thing with everything? It's kind of, I guess, an ongoing thing with everything. Because the Black Star experience, uh, lately I've been thinking about kind of hanging up the towel on that, but I don't want the Black Star experience to end. I kind of want it to be more like... Um, I want it to be me kind of passing the torch on to someone like who shares the same ideals that I do and has the same process that I do whenever I work on my music or not even that, but just someone who I know will bring something new and interesting to the world in electronic music, like dark ambient, noise, industrial, and like power ambient, whatever. I just, like, I want them to bring something new to dark electronic music, and I want this person to be as curious as possible, and I want them to also be as ambitious as possible with that music. 
So like uh, lately, I've been thinking about kind of just passing it on to someone because uh, suiciders kind of like taking over that part of my life and well not uh, my life but that part of my musical life uh, and I feel like I can do more there because there's less walls that I've put up for myself because like once you just once you start just like doing everything that your other band starts doing it's not even like you can't even say it's a side project anymore because mm-hmm. it's just a copy uh, it's just a carbon copy right. of the same band you know like I can't bring metal into Suicider. I can put guitars in Suicider and play some heavy shit, but or do some weird shit with a guitar, but I don't want to be the guy who is just trying to be people pleaser because that's what I am. I'm a bit of a people pleaser and also at the same time I don't give a shit. But uh like the Black Star experience just isn't something that I'm feeling anymore. It's it's kind of like like, it's kind of, I don't need that part of my life anymore. And so I'm sure there's uh, someone out there that can pass up, but not pass up, but take up the torch and keep it going. Because um, uh, I actually have a couple candidates for it, and I've talked with all of them, and they're all down for it. I can't say their names because I don't want to, like, make it like this competition, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it into this, like, oh, well, this person's better than this person, you know, like an orchestra or something where, like, you have three cellists and only one of them gets the first chair and yeah. the other two will get the second or third. And the third is the worst and the second is, like, next to, to the first. So I don't, want to do, I don't want to do that because, like, that just seems disingenuous. And also uh, most of these people are, like, noise and experimental electronic mm-hmm. artists, so they're, like, just really fucking private. <laughs> if I say their name, they're gonna flip out and say that the government is gonna find them and some shit, <laughs> or they'll just like uh, message me on Facebook and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm like, what, what's up, man?" And I'll be like, "Could you, could you not say my name, yeah, <laughs> in in public or just to people, anyone?" <laughs> But yet, this person is willing to go out there and like put on a pseudonym and plays the Black Star Experience. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe it's because I told them that all their shows have to be in the dark and dimly lit with fog. <laughs> so they're like, bet. I don't have to look at anyone. No one can see me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, the Black Star Experience is like, I feel like it's just going to come to an end soon for me and it's just going to move on to someone else. Uh, Space Eyes. I haven't really been having a lot of ideas for Space Eyes. It's like, I've done pretty much everything that I want to do at the moment. Like, because Space Eyes shit is, like, honestly, it's just sad boy music. <laughs> it's It's just sad boy music, yeah. It's sad boy music. And it's just, like... It's what I play whenever I'm just like it, they're breakup songs. Like half of them are breakup songs. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> that shit fucks people up. <laughs> but like it's like I don't have a need for that in my life right now. And like I would write songs like when I was happy when I wrote Space Eyes. I mean, look at the fucking Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was so happy that I nearly considered it going out the same way Kurt Cobain did. I was so happy with my life. I was ready to end it right there. I've lived. 
<laughs> I've lived. I did it. I wrote the song that I've always wanted. It's my magnum opus. <laughs> <laughs> the Kurt Cobain. That's what'll go down. That'll, that's what people will remember me for. And then, like, I imagined in my head that, like, oh, he he killed himself. It's such a tragedy. And then they'll say, do you see a correlation here? Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain thinking about dying like famous people did. He wanted to be famous after dying. Then no one would listen to it. (laughs) It's like he killed himself for attention. (laughs) And then uh, I would be that asshole ghost who comes back and say, all people who kill themselves did it for attention. Then they'd feel like an asshole. (laughs) But yeah, like, no, seriously though, um, yeah, I, I just don't feel like I have a need for that at the moment, but I do feel the need to go and play shows as Space Eyes because a lot of people like that music, and I've, I've played it solo a couple of times, and people loved it, and there's people who want to play it with me, and I'm down to do it when whenever these people are. Well, and like you said, it's not a carbon copy of Suicide, or obviously they're totally different, so I mean, you can um, go with both of them, and... Yeah. Keep definitely. them completely separate, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. We, I definitely can. Uh, it's just, the thing is, is, like, I'm kind of putting it on the back burner for now. Because it's, it's like, I have, I'm, like, I'm filled with, like, a lot of, of passion at this point in the current social climate. And it's kind of driving suicide. And I've already written, like, a bunch of lyrics. And we're already writing, like, a bunch of songs for the next album, and the next album is going to be totally different from this one. Listen to the album. You'll know what it sounds like. Listen to this first album, and you'll know why it's going to contrast to the second one. I'm sorry that I'm not giving you a lot of details. I'm sorry I'm being vague. I'm sorry I'm being like really slow and careful with my words whenever I'm talking about the album. It's just I can't let you guys know. That's what you want. You want people to listen. If I let you guys know, then you won't listen to it. <laughs> because Jason will know that I did a cover of Smoke on the Water on that album. <laughs> nice. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I would not butcher Smoke on the Water like that. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Just smoke. <laughs> it's like a six feet under graveyard. Concept. Yeah. No. Oh my god. Rock and roll Six feet un- oh my god! I hated the that graveyard classic sucked. Yeah, did like they've done a few. Of they've them. done several of them now. Yeah, they've done several. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. I just listened to the most recent one. Uh, they've done a lot. Oh Going my right back, god, man. that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's awful. I did not want to hear like Chris Barnes cover ACDC. Yeah, I didn't even want to hear him uh, cover Deep Purple. <laughs> like I didn't want to even uh, hear him. Uh, fu- didn't he? Didn't he cover the priests? Man, I don't, they've done some probably. I mean, because they've done a lot of them. I just think if you're a, if you're a death metal band and you're going to cover like I don't know, like a new wave British heavy metal band or like a rock band or any old school metal band, just try and like make it coherent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, still make it your own thing. Still make it heavy as fuck, but try to make it coherent. Like Anal Nathrox, uh cover of Power Slave that sucked. <laughs> it did like I, it's like it doesn't sound like Power Slave it just sounds like like just fucking like trim picking and blast beats <laughs> and then uh, you hear the chorus barely <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like so 
What? They did Freight Into Sanity, Snap Your Finger, <laughs> Snap Your Neck, TNT. Oh, fuck Sweet Leaf. No. Wait, wait. They did rock the Sweet Leaf one might be good. Because yeah, he yeah. smokes a lot of pot, so he'd have to like... On the, yeah, Purple Haze. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That was just one record. Let me... <laughs> that was one? That just... Well, I don't... It just said Graveyard Classics. Let me, uh... You guys need to get, like, a camera crew in here and, like, just do the Joe Rogan thing. Right. <laughs> maybe if we ever got to that, you know... Well, no one's going to get to that level, but I'm at a higher level, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you just have to go around town and get some sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've got a couple now, finally. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Fine. Yeah. Can you give me some free shit? They're not listed on Not yet. <laughs> trying to get there. <laughs> I can give you Thunder Underground. Koozies mm. and stickers. <laughs> I'll definitely take a koozie. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. What, uh, what's the news, Jason? What other... I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> Have you heard Deicide's cover of, uh, of Black Knight? No. Uh-huh. All it has is... Black Knight. What's All that? it has is one of them. Uh, is it Black Knight? I don't think it's Black Knight. Oh, it's six feet under. I'm looking up Cannibal Corpse. That <laughs> goes to show you what the fuck I know. You just Come said you, it's because it's probably because you missed the good old days when Chris Barnes just stuck to death metal and not covering songs that he should have never covered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just like I just don't think you, like okay I'm not I'm gonna give the Sweet Leaf okay. a chance. Yeah, I mean that's more classics six. Uh, Six. Fucking Nightcrawler, Starbreaker, Murders in the Room Morgue, Prowler. What the fuck? The Evil That Men Do, Stranger in the Strange Land. So that's all Maiden songs. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Go back. You just named, like, you played Prowler? Yeah. Nightcrawler, Starbreaker. Yeah, those. Well, that's a rainbow song. That's right. Yeah. DSI Uh, did a cover of uh, Smoke on the Water's Black Knight, and, like, it kind of sounds like it, but. You know how like the song goes down 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 Yeah, like okay, well then that but instead of that it goes That's what I like, because you can understand what they're playing and they're still playing the riff, but they just sped it up. Yeah. Here you go. And now metal on metal, I've heard that on Sirius. That's Anvil. Anvil. Um not fragile. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's oh, a BTO. Fucking, yeah, it's about to, no, I can imagine they always slaughter that one. Yeah, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, I don't even know who they are. Um, fucking. Oh, they had one huge hit. Uh, or massive. Psychotherapy. Hit. Snap, Taking care of business. Snap your finger, snap your neck. Fuck. <laughs> Why? Uh, let's see. Don't butcher Tommy. Tommy Victor. It's too late. <laughs> they got into the. Got into they've the only. Stuff. There's six of them, but they've only got three of them on Spotify. They only got three of them. Well, let's look at Wikipedia. So, I'm sure they'll have it on Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, what? Well, yeah, I just need a track listing. I don't want to hear none of this shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I'm going to, I don't want to hear it either. I don't think we even, I don't think I can even sit through, actually. Because all the ones I've heard, I haven't liked any of them, so I can't imagine I'm going to like the other six albums or five albums. Gosh, like, I don't even, like, see, that would be cool if we could, like, just listen to one song, but the thing is, is like, I would probably lose my shit by the end of it because, I don't want to hear the cover of Prowler. Right. I don't. That's not what I want. Like, that sounds Unless it's like awful. Death Angel or someone doing it. You know, and I can well, accept yeah. it. Okay, where is it? Let's find it. Here we go. Where is it? Graveyard, Graveyard Classics. Come on. There it is. Number four. Here we go. The... Da, 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 da. 
Okay, I got two pulled up. I, I can tell you what they did on two. On two? Yeah, Hell's Bells. Uh, it's all ACDC. Every goddamn one of them. Okay, come on, let's hear them. What Hell's Bells, Shoot the Thrill, What Do You Do for Money, Honey, Giving the Dog a Bone, Let Me Put My Love Into You, Back <laughs> I've heard black. that. Because it was like... You shook me all night long, have a drink on me, shake a leg, rock and roll and noise pollution. Ah. Oh my god. They won't even let me look at Graveyard Classics 4. Um, let's see. But Graveyard Classics 3, that was the one with like all the yeah. ACDC ones. Oh wait, no, no, eight, uh, this one, Graveyard Classics 3, A Dangerous Meaning by Merciful Fate. No. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, King Diamond. King Diamond does falsetto. What the fuck does Chris Barnes do? Gutturals. Yeah. Metal Maybe on that's metal. Anvil, the frayed ends of of sanity. Wow. At dawn they sleep. How dare they? Oh my gosh. Butcher and King Diamond and Metallica. I didn't even know you said a dangerous meeting. That just upsets me. <laughs> I didn't even know what that song. I mean, I know fucking. I. I well, on Spotify, I guess I skipped that one. But I can't look at any of the other ones. Two and three and one on Wikipedia. Is four on there? Four is the one with, like, all... Two is the ACDC one. Two is the ACDC yeah. one? Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that, too. That's gross. Okay, like, it pisses me off that that they covered uh, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Because, like, that's one of my favorite, like, ACDC songs. Yeah. Axel and ACDC, what do you think? Axel and ACDC. I haven't I haven't listened to them live. Like I I, I don't wanna like I wanna give Axel Rose the benefit of the doubt that he can at least like fill in the fill in the gap, you know? Yeah. Like fill that role. Uh but like Well see here's the thing, it's like Axel's voice is more Bon Scott than Brian Johnson, so that's what made it great, in my opinion. Is it? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, that, and you're a huge Guns N' Roses well, homer. Yeah, and I mean, that's I'm fine. Not, that's I'm not, not, shit about I'm not saying that as a, as, a, <laughs> as a diss to you. I'm just saying, because I, if it was James Hetfield, I'd fucking love it, even though it, it really sucked. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just fucking being honest. I mean, like, I, got, I grew up on Guns N' Roses because my dad showed me and my brother's Guns N' Roses. And um, all I know is the hits, but like sometimes when I hear those songs, like I'm just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, other times I'm like uh, I'm just like we've been dancing with Mr. Milestone. Like I just <laughs> like I think my favorite like uh, version of uh, of Guns N' Roses was when uh, Alter Bridge and Slash came to town with Ozzy. And they just basically played Guns N' Roses covers with Slash. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that one. That was great. Yeah. I He did pretty good. He did really good. The vocalist of yeah. Alter Bridge, like, like hit those notes. Oh, yeah. Were. He almost yeah. sounded like Axl Rose. Yeah, they, yeah. they put on a great show with him and Miles Kennedy, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. pretty versatile. Did you know he was one of the people that uh, Jimmy Page was oh, trying to bring right. in to, like, resurrect Led Zeppelin? Wait, who? Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy? Yeah. yeah. Like, they were basically, I think they were doing it just to piss off Robert Plant and kick him into motion to, like, do it, but it didn't work out. <laughs> but seriously, I, I don't know if he actually went there, but it was on. Yeah, because it was on, it was on, he was on the Josta show or Eddie Trunk or something talking like about Like, he flew it. to to England. Or Jericho or something. Jam with, you know, <laughs> they, they Jason had, Bonham, John Paul Jones, and Jimmy Page. They had, like, him come in and Steven Tyler and I think Sammy Hagar. 
Oh That's, my gosh. And it was just like he said, just a fucking, they weren't going to do anything, or if they were going to do something, I think they were going to name it something different. They just wanted to fuck with Robert Plant to see if he'd be like, oh, you know. Oh, they're serious. And huh? he, God Robert Plant it. called their bluff and was like, I fucking go do it. I don't give a fuck. So they didn't do it. Gosh, why won't Robert Plant fucking do it? He can't hit those notes anymore, and I respect that. He knows he can't do it. Because you see a solo show, and he does Zeppelin songs. He rearranges it totally to fit, you know, with what he can ring. do now. He picks all what, the 70 like, or some shit. He'll pick the... The ones he doesn't, you know, he's not playing immigrant song or something like that. Yeah. Where it has to go way up, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess that's a smart move on his end. Yes, like know his mm-hmm. limits. Yeah. Because I mean, like, there's a lot of artists out there who just like keep fucking going. Like they try so hard to like give you what what was there mm-hmm. in the past, like what your what your dad told you about when you went <laughs> yeah. to go see them. Like some of them can. Rob Halford can, but a lot of them fucking can't. Oh my gosh. Oh, what did you think of that priest show? Oh, that was amazing. Rob Halford did harsh vocals on Painkiller. I know, that was crazy. That was insane. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my friends were freaking out. And then, like, did you hear that, like, Rob Halford has been talking with Behemoth about making an album with him? What? I yeah. haven't heard that, no. Yeah, yeah. And it was the same article about, you know, he's been talking to Nurgle about doing something, and he's oh, been talking about yeah. uh, Tobias and Ghost about doing something. You mean, like, an album... Not the three of them, but he's just been talking about oh, okay. projects with all different. He wants ones, to so. do a black metal album with with Behemoth. He could do it too. I yeah. tell you because his solo stuff, like the Resurrection albums or whatever they were called, he was like doing guttural vocals and I'm you know here and there, and I'm like, I bet this motherfucker could do it. Yeah, that guy can fuck shit up. Yeah, like, honestly, like I love Rob Halford. Yeah. Rob Halford is a badass. He's yes, a sec- he, is. he is a sexy man. I'll yeah. tell you that. Like, yes. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. I think <laughs> Rob Halford is a sexy man. I don't care how old he is. I agree. If I could have met, if I could have any man be my boyfriend, I'd want Rob Halford to be my boyfriend. <laughs> if he would marry me, that would also be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rob Halford, dude, has been like my idol since I was 15 years old. Because I, like, when I saw Painkiller, I was like, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. That was the heaviest stuff I heard, like, from that time. And, yeah. like, I was just like, you know what? Like, I love Sabbath, but fuck Maiden. Priest is what I like now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Maiden fans that just got mad. <laughs> I will. There's hey. going to be someone saying, you you think that Bruce Dickinson sucks? You think that Bruce Dickinson isn't as good of a vocalist as Rob Halford? No. No, not at all. In fact, I think Bruce Dickinson has better stage presence than Rob Halford. Mm. But yeah. Rob Halford, like, he goes hard and yeah. like he has different he can do different vocal styles. Mm-hmm. All Bruce Dickinson can do is sing. Yeah. 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 Rob, Rob Halford's got range <laughs> and technique. Yep. But so does Bruce Dickinson, but all he can like I said, all he can do is fucking sing. Yeah. So what you got, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the first fight album? The first fight album? Yeah. By Halford? Yeah. No, I haven't listened to any Holy of his solo fuck. stuff. I've only listened to Priest. Okay. Go listen to War Words by Fight. War Words by Fight? Yep. That's the band he had right after he left right Priest. Right after he left Priest in the early 90s. 
It was like 93 or some shit. The guitarist from Steel Panther before. Was it? Yeah, before he was. Before anybody knew who he what was. What the hell? Yeah. The, the guitarist of Steel Panther. Yeah, it was when he was just his regular, you know, black shirt, long hair. <laughs> before he had a band. Yeah. And before was, he made money off of making fun of glam rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and look, and they got two albums. And Scott Travis from Priest as the drummer. Yeah. Two albums, but War, War of Words is the one you want. I mean, they're both great, but War of Words is... It's classic. It's just, it's insane. I'll definitely check it out. I'm definitely going to have to. And they got a bass player that does like the guttural vocals behind them. And it's, what? It's fucking rad. That is pretty awesome. It is rad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we start talking about graveyard classics. I couldn't help it. Well, like, here's the other thing about that. It's like, I can't stand a death metal band doing a cover of a song, or even a black metal band doing a cover of a song by a band that is like on the completely other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even try to make it sound like that. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, it doesn't, you know, it's cool when bands make a song their own, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. But, with that, you know, what, what's, (laughs) of a death metal band. What's funny though, is like, we, we, we all ran down those, those track listings and there's a few of them like, okay, I want to hear that. Just to just to hear the you know how like just to get pissed off just how <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be pissed. everyone just, look I'll be honest yeah. I didn't I didn't like Six Feet Under's original shit so yeah. <laughs> I well yeah I I'm very like I, I've heard there's an occasional deicide or cataclysm song that I'm like okay that's cool but for the most part I I don't know if it's my age or what I can't do. I don't know. Well, no, because there's dudes well, older than me. Death, yeah, there's dudes know. older than me that love yeah. death metal. So there's I dudes older than you that would say you're a poser. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, they definitely would. I know that. And you know what? They might be right in some aspects. I, I won't deny that. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I just can't do the, the real guttural stuff. Dude, I listen to fucking... Sometimes, like, I don't want to listen to metal. Sometimes I just want to listen to Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was my first... Uh, that was the first tape I ever bought. Was it really? Duran Duran Arena. Yeah. Wow. And like they still, whenever I hear them, I still like, you know, it gets me. It gets you, gets you right there. The cockles of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the subcockle area. We just don't know. First tape I bought was Born in the USA by Springsteen. Now that's cool. <laughs> you probably didn't buy a first tape. <laughs> no, I was born. Here's the first CD you bought. Oh, my first CD. If you remember. Oh, I do remember. There were some pretty great CDs. I actually bought three for my first time. I bought Black Sabbath's Greatest Hits Volume 1, and I bought Rush's Spirit of the Radio, wow. and I also got Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, so all classic rock stuff. All classics. I'm yeah. not even going to call them classic rock because it's an insult. Well, Because yeah. it means we're not even paying attention to what they were. Got yeah. one heavy metal album, got one progressive rock album, and I got one... Just in the, in the vein of... Classic rock is what I meant. I know. Yeah, no, I know. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just like I can't. I can't say the word. If I say the word, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm like. Well, it's so subjective like, too, because you know, whenever I was growing up, whenever I was like 12, 14, and nineteen ninety, I was thirteen. Classic rock was anything that came out in the seventies, basically. Maybe <laughs> up to you know, maybe up to Back in Black, and that's where it ended. But now, if you turn on a classic rock station. You know, they're playing fucking, yeah, Aerosmith from 94, and, you know, Poison and Motley Crue and Def Leppard. So what's, like, what's classic hell? rock is just like a term that just will just go on forever. 20 years and beyond. Yeah. 20 years <laughs> from now, you know, it's like, 
Is Lord going to be on there? Who? Lord. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Young the Giant going to be on there? Yeah. We'll call Stupid that shit like Three Days Grace is going to oh, be on the Classic Rock Station. Papa Roach will be on there. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it'll be on the Eagle 103.3. Yeah. The Eagle. Cut my life into pieces. And I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. I'll be fucking 30 years old and I'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Classic Rock. <laughs> and I'll be one of those old men. Who will be like, that wasn't classic rock that came out when I was a kid. Right. Well, it seems like it's a 20-year or 25-year thing, maybe. 20 you, to 25-year? Yeah. I mean, if you listen to classic rock stations now, it goes up into the early 90s, and that was 25 years ago. That's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess with like... Like the other day, I was at my parents swimming, and 103.3 was on, and they played Crying by Aerosmith, which came out in 93. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, yeah, we were just talking about... Uh, because I didn't have a first tape, I didn't buy a first tape. I bought my first CDs. Yeah. And I was telling them about how I bought Russia Spirit of the Radio, Black Sabbath's uh, vol- Greatest Hits Volume 1, and Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And he was like, oh yeah, those are right. So, oh, so you got mostly classic rock albums. Those are classic rock albums. I'm like, no, nah, we can't call them that. That's disgraceful. Let's call them what they actually are because they actually put work into that stuff. And he's like, "Well, I meant like classic rock in the umbrella term." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you're right, but it's just, yeah. I can't, I can't say that because I feel like I'm gonna like disrespect it's, it's, it in some it's way. better than that term. It deserves better than that term. Yeah, because yeah, then we got that's to, a good way of looking at it. Yeah, because like he was, he even mentioned it. And I didn't even realize this, but like he, he mentioned how like when he was like when he was 13, like. Aerosmith and all that shit was like coming out and that and that was like just the music of that time and it's like what like 20 years later yeah they're like oh nope that's not uh like that's not that's not new anymore that's it, classic it, yeah <laughs> it's it's like when when I was a kid you know 84 85 there's no classic rock there was just oldie stations that was shit from the 50s or 60s yeah, I think that I mean, started in the late 80s. Yeah, probably. it was like the whole classic rock thing. Yeah. So, I, 70s, yeah, and years. I knew in the early 2000s, I heard a Poison song on 103, and that's when I knew, wow, fuck, that's crazy. So. <laughs> well, like, yeah, he said, you know, 10 years from now, he'll turn on 103 and it'll be Papa Roach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fucking far behind from Candlebox or some shit. I'm oh, no. Not there yeah, no. Um, yeah, no shit. I'm surprised we hear that already. Or, that Bonnie's gonna, or I'm gonna be uh, hanging out at my job or something. I'll be at my house and I'll hear the radio come on and it'll be like, 103.3, the eagle. Yeah, exactly. And then, I'm so happy. I'm like, nope! Yeah, I'll turn off the radio because no, I don't want to live in that reality. I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a video somebody posted on Facebook, and it almost made me wonder if it was staged, but at the same time, I could maybe kind of get it. Was this guy, maybe it was his daughter, I don't know, but he was, this this girl, she looked like she was maybe 13, 14 years old, had a Nirvana shirt on, and Nirvana was playing in the background, and he was like, hey, do you know, do you know who this is? And she, she kind of leaned in. To listen to it, she's like, no, no. He's like, you don't know. She's like, uh, no, I don't know who it is. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, man, I wonder, you know, because I could see that because band shirts are so fashionable, you know, now cool designs. But at the yeah, at the same time, I don't know. It seems like that could maybe it could have maybe been staged. 
I never like it when people do that when they just wear a shirt and they don't even listen to the band. It's like like the fucking misfits for that. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfect example. Because ever to... since then it's like uh you can go into Coles or Target or something and there'll be a shirt, yeah. Guns N' Roses, a Foo Fighters, a, a Nirvana, a Metallica A C D C shirt you can buy for nine ninety nine and then Well, you know, that brings me to I have to tell my Ramones story. Oh, that's right. Oh. This girl I dated last year and we went to eat and she wore her Ramones shirt. And I always, I knew, it's like, she had an Iron Maiden shirt like this too. She's like, she knows nothing about either of these bands. God bless her. You know? <laughs> um, and, and so we're waiting in the little waiting area where you're like waiting on your table. And some guy, you know, decides to be smarmy. He's like, so what's your favorite Ramon song? And it totally took her. She was like, uh, I like them all. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Wrong answer. <laughs> God. And so me being, you know, like, you know, I'm, you know, me and her are cool. And I'm, you know, but I'm, I kind of get this guy's point, but he was kind of being a little too rude about I'm it. Being a dick. Yeah. He's like, so you don't know anything, huh? So I had to like interject and start, I started naming all the like most obscure songs I could name and. All this kind of stuff, and and he he kind of backed off, but like at the same time, I kind of don't blame him. Maybe that's me being an asshole. That's me, that's you being like, yeah, don't wear shirts. You don't know anything about. It's yeah. like if someone, it's like if someone went around wearing a wearing an "I'm with her" shirt, and I'm gonna go up to him and say, "So, what uh, policies did you agree with on Hillary Clinton?" Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they probably would be like all blank. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't know. I just I just wanted the vagina hat, <laughs> but um, we got in the we finally got our seat, and she was like that fucking asshole, and I said yeah, but I mean you, you gotta kind of know some Rolling songs. You gotta <laughs> gotta know a couple songs. I, 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 I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> I wouldn't care if someone listened to like one song by Suicide or the Black Star. Oh, I forgot to mention this: the person also stole my shirts. No really? shit. Yeah, they stole my shirts, but hey, jokes on them. Free advertisement. That's right. <laughs> so you had like you had like no, you had no like lead or clue or anything. No, I have a lead. They caught the guy. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, it's they, just you're not getting them back. Well, they called. Back. They called me. Uh, well, they didn't call me. I actually called them because they don't do their jobs. But uh, yeah, imagine. <laughs> so I, I called them. Yeah, imagine a police, uh, fucking detective doing their job. Yeah, no but, shit. Uh, no, my detective is actually trying to do her job, but uh, but she didn't call me to inform me about this. But uh, I called her and said, hey, so uh, you got any leads on the investigation yet? And she's like, well, yeah, we actually found the guy who stole your stuff. I'm like, oh, really? There's just one problem. What's that? He's dead. Motherfucker. And I'm like, what? And how did he die? The police shot him. <laughs> what the? F- yeah. He got shot by the police because he thought it was a good idea to put a gun in his lap and point it at the cop. Wow. So did all your shit get like auctioned off at some police auction or they something? Found, they found him because he pawned my a guitar that fit the description of mine. And I called her to say, hey, what happened to that guitar? And she never answered. So she called me back and said, that, oh, well, the uh, homicide detectives don't have any leads or anything. Or they aren't telling me. Something along those lines. And... I just, I don't know, man. Like, it pisses me off because it's like, if you have the guitar because it's a stolen guitar, 
and he pawned it. Why can't I go and look at the fucking guitar? Mm-hmm. I want that guitar. That was a good. That was a gift from my mom and my friend and his parents. Like that's a very personal guitar to me. I've written a lot of songs with that guitar. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite guitar in the world. And you guys won't let me look at it for some fucking reason. And like. I don't know. It just pisses me off. What kind of guitar was it? It's a black uh, Epiphone Les Paul Ebony Beauty. Nice. With triple coil tapping and humbucking pickups. Wow. Yep. And some tweaker. Thought it was a good idea to steal it. And, you know, like, honestly, man, like, I wish that, I wish that they would just, like, just, like, give me the back of the fucking guitar. Or even if it isn't my guitar. Like, I wish they would just tell me, hey, come on down and look at it just to be sure if it's yours. Yeah. I, w- I want them to do that, but they don't. They don't want to do that. I know what that guitar looks like. It's a very distinctive looking guitar. It has very distinct features on it. But, nope. They uh, they don't bother to call me and fill me in on that stuff. So I had to call and figure it out for myself. That the guy who stole my stuff is dead now. God. Just my luck. All right. <laughs> But it's cool because I got I got a band which I need to get going because I have to go to band practice and you have a thing. Yes, yeah. Do you have any family dinner going on? Any questions before I go? Any? I don't think. Well, a lot of stuff that we had on our notes, you covered a lot of it in the description of like the songs and at the beginning and stuff. So and then you know like. like you know all the stuff that you're listening to and all that we kind of got into that with just you know the random shit we went through (laughs) and that's the cool thing about it it just like goes off on all these you know what I mean tangents but that's what we want yeah we know with you we're gonna get your stuff and talk about music both because some people it's hard to get them to Yeah, go into other stuff. They'll be like yeah like because they'll just like they'll notice that (laughs) you're getting quiet and waiting for them to talk so they'll stop and wait yeah. for you to talk. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Carry the conversation. Right. There's more. <laughs> right. If there isn't more, then just go to something else. But yeah. Well, we appreciate this, man. Oh, Glad you thank took the you. time. Yeah. I hope that... It's uh, always a pleasure. Actually, you know, I take back what I said. Uh, I shouldn't have stopped talking about uh, my anti-theistic uh, concepts. <laughs> right. And I'm not sorry for talking about them. No, you shouldn't be. Everybody's no. got their own views, you know. Everybody should be accepting well, of other people's views. That's my point. Well, if these people aren't accepting, that just means I'm going to make more money. Yeah. Because they're going to go and tell people. That's Actually, right. now they may not. Because I just point, cause I just showed them the method that a lot of people who are famous today use <laughs> when yeah. rising to stardom. There you go, Dakota Harrington, suicider, space eyes. Formerly had Mr. Rogers' intergalactic sexual experience and the Black Star experience. He talked about that. And what he hopes to see happen with that later. So we appreciate Dakota taking the time out to do this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and you know we'll have him back at some point. Oh yeah, he's always got great things to say, and we appreciate it. For sure. Yeah, I love. I mean, we even talked to him about that afterwards. I love when people go into great detail and yes, you kind of get lost in something. Make, it makes this easy. Yes, makes our job easy. Yeah, very easy. Because there's been a few times where people weren't making our job easy. We're not yeah. going to name any names here. You know. Doyle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> people didn't even get to hear that. But there are yeah. ones that people have heard that they could figure out themselves. No one could ever. <laughs> uh, even if even if your thing didn't crash, I wouldn't have wanted anyone to hear that. 
not that we had good good plans for what we were going to do with it. Yeah, that was that was a good idea. We were going to kind of like fucking make fun of him chop, and shit. Yeah. Chop it all up. Yeah, you know. kind of make a goof of his goofy ass. Yeah. I wouldn't say that in, in front of him because he'd pummel me. Yeah. Hey, and I like his music, you know, so whatever. You know, it was just a bad yeah, day. Yeah, bad day, whatever. This shit happens. Yeah. I don't care. I think we've been fortunate enough. We've, we're over three years and a few months now. And that's really the only negative experience. The only, yeah. You know, we've only had one dick Knock on plastic. Yeah. Or on wood. Yeah, there you go. My head. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of yeah. non-dickheads, we've got two of the members of Wither. Yes, definitely. That have joined us recently, Jeremy and Martin. Wither recently broke up, but they also recently, right after we record this podcast, announced that they're going to do a final show Yeah. in November. Well, that's cool. I know the Normandies are on with them, I think, but yeah, so we'll tell you more about that as it comes, but that one should be coming here in the next week or so, and then also, we've got Kevin Martin of the rock and roll band Candlebox. That's right, and definitely follow him in the non-dickhead category. Yeah, What super a fucking cool. rad dude. That was awesome. That's true. Yeah, and speaking of Candlebox, our friends in Grind opened for him in Oklahoma City That's right. the other night, so... Very glad for them as well. And speaking of grind, two of the members, CJ and Dell, will be on Thunder Underground Fest. Hell yeah. And that's near and closer, October 19 and 20. That's right. At the Shrine in Tulsa. Want to see all you people out there. Yeah. Their recent announced were the addition of CJ and Dell. We also recently announced Murderous Mary. We should have another announcement coming soon with lineups and everything. But yeah, get on our page and you can see the poster of all the bands coming and... We'll be, of course, blabbering more about that as it comes. Of course. But yeah, if this is your first time listening, or if you're just a sometimes listener, 184 episodes you can check out now. Yeah. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground, TheThunderUnderground.com, Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes. You can also hear us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on 1027WSNR.com. We appreciate them playing us every week and who have we had on here oh man let's see let's see let's see if i can do a, a good rundown here okay usually i just start blabbing i'm gonna let you yeah, take off first. john connolly from seven dust uh guys from miss may i uh megadeth dave elfson we had chris broderick uh wino spirit caravan the obsessed kirk here. winstein from crowbar uh, fucking, twice f- yes twice frank cannon from tesla that's right jared james nichols uh, you know, we've had, uh, fuck, Shooter Jennings has yeah. been on here. Ian Moore has been on here. <clears throat> One time we had the bass player from the band Kiss. That's right. Who was that guy again? What's his fucking name? Uh, Bob Kulik. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Or no, Mark St. John. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was before he died. Yeah. Now, speaking of Bob Kulik, his brother, Bruce Kulik, has, has, been on. has really been on here. But the bass player you're referring to was... Gene Simmons. Yeah. That's right. That's, yeah. I knew. I knew the name would come to me somehow. Yeah. Bill Leverty from Firehouse. Ian Hoglund from Europe. Fucking uh, Mark Kendall from Great White twice. Yeah. That dude fucking rules. Um. You know. Speaking of multiple times, who's been on here a lot? Um. Mike DiPatrillo has been on here. Mike DiPatrillo has been on here a lot. Adam Jode from Scattered Hamlet and the band themselves. Yes. Uh, Fist of Rage has been on here a lot. Grind. You know, just all kinds of shit to go check out. Yeah. Like I said, the 
187 episodes. Some of them are just us talking as well. If you enjoy that, that's right. If you don't, whatever. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make me lose any sleep tonight. That's for damn sure. Damn. <laughs> don't be mean, man. We need to keep these people as fans. Well, no. If we're keeping them, I assume they don't mind listening yeah, to. Yeah, true, so. true, true. Oh, hey. But yeah, what? Do, I don't know. I was gonna say what we got coming up, but I don't really know. Didn't you just say? What we <laughs> well, yeah, we got what we got coming up on the podcast. I was just thinking if there's shows coming up that we need to talk oh, about. God, no. I can't fucking. No, I know no. there's like four thousand shows in September and October. Yeah, yeah that I know. I know we're going to a lot of them. Yes, we are. Just random ones like Slash. I know I'm going to Billy Idol. Yeah, and we're both going to Candle Candlebox. We went to Candlebox. We were talking about that soon, <laughs> and then on that episode. And uh, I meant to say Clutch and Seven Dust. Yes. Generation X. Right. I'm going to Louder Than Life. Oh, yeah. So that'll be a one that you'll have to yes, definitely. talk to us about because there's going to be a shitload of bands there that you've seen that I'll be jealous of, especially yeah. Monster Magnet. Yeah, true. Aren't they on true. there? Yeah, they are. That's yeah. it, yeah. I'm going to see it. All right. Well, yeah, let's get out of here. All righty. Once again, thank you to Dakota, and we appreciate you listening. Until next time. Oh, hey, Pop. <laughs> Gosh, you're such an old boy. Yes, he is an old. He is like 11 years old. He He's 11. Su- super fucking old. God damn. It's Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Old Merc. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're such a good boy. Thunder Underground, y'all.